Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of AUSU Open Mic Podcast. This is, uh, we've got a special guest today and uh, so we're really going to be getting into sort of uh, uh, the life of an AU student today and uh, we've got Captain Josh Ryan today. Say hi Josh. Hey Jody, how are you? Good, good and uh, thanks for coming in today. You're actually, uh, you're definitely not an Edmontonian. Originally from? Uh, originally from Timmins, Ontario, and then currently living in Ottawa, Ontario. So out here on business uh, this week. Nice. And so, yeah, it worked out really well because we were able to get Josh to come in and uh, visit with us. And uh, Josh, uh, just to clarify, we're going to talk a little bit about your role in the military in a little while, but uh, you're currently a commanding officer of an Army Cadet Corps, and that's, again, in Cornwall, Ontario, correct? Yeah, that's correct, Jody. That's about an hour's drive uh, from Ottawa. And you've also got a second uh, role that you play as a reservist, and maybe just talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so as a reservist, uh, I'm also uh, in the public affairs sphere of things, so I do all of our um, public affairs stuff for our area, the Ottawa-St. Lawrence area that covers uh, Petawawa down to about uh, Hawkesbury, Van Cleek Hill area, so close to the Quebec border. And I do um, content production for Facebook and Twitter that goes off to our uh, regional office in Borden, Ontario. So Cadets, Ontario, a lot of my content is on there, or uh, some of it shows up on Cadets Canada from time to time. Nice. Well, I think I can, uh, it goes without saying, but as Canadians, we're very proud of our military and, uh, and those that serve many of, we were talking about this earlier about like, like how many AU students are potentially in a similar scenario as you and, and either in the military as a reservist, uh, serving in some way and at the same time, you know, taking studies and, and being a part of uh, AU. And so I guess uh, what we're uh, going to throw out to you is, can you share a little bit about your story and uh, and how you became a member of the Canadian military while also going to school at AU? Yeah, for sure. So I can kind of answer uh, the first part of that is, um, I think there's a lot of us actually within the AU community. So I know AU's, I think so too. I know AU's put out some stuff uh, in the past on military graduates. And I know that we've had a former council member, Julian Tedarenko, who was also um, a member of the Canadian Armed Forces. So yeah, that's right. I think we're a little bit everywhere. Um, in terms of my personal journey, I have a, a family history where uh, my great grandfather and my grandfather and his brothers all served in either the First World War or Second World War. So oh, my, wow. Yeah. So my great grandfather cool. served in the, the First World War, uh, Second World War, and tried to sign up for Korea, <laughs> ironically. Wow. Um, my grandfather served in the Second World War as a combat engineer, so didn't talk a lot about his military service, but we had that background within the family. Yeah, yeah. Um, like many others, I have uh, a number of friends and family that decided that that was the career path they were going to take. So in about 2012, I decided, okay, I don't want to go do that full-time. I'm, I'm working full-time as a public servant. I still am. It's been 11 years uh, with Public Safety Canada, and I decided, uh, let's go join the reserves. So I picked up and went signals because that was aligned with my background as an IT professional. Um, and I did that for a couple of years. And then when I was having a hard time getting time off work to go do uh, summer courses, because you're looking at potentially two to three months of time off that you're asking your employer for, which can be difficult. And you also have to take time off from your studies, depending on where you're going, whether you're going to have cell service or a laptop or whatever with you. So I decided to uh, change components within the reserve force. So there's the primary reserve, which is the, the group that augments the regular force, right? So that was where I was before. Um, and now I'm working on the cadet side. So I work with youth uh, age 12 to 18 as part of the Army Cadet Program uh, within the Canadian Armed Forces. Cool. How rewarding is that? I mean, you know, I know you just said a lot there, right from, you know, family right down to what you're doing now, uh, working with youth. Um, how long have you been in the military now and, and sort of, 
your, I'm thinking about your growth of how you've kind of come to where you are today. Yeah. So I'm in year nine now, I believe as of January. Okay. Um, it's been an amazing experience. So it changes your perspective. I'd like to think that we integrate better with very diverse teams because you're constantly running into people that have a completely different background than you, but you still have that, that common tie, right? Uh, much like AU students all share similar experiences when we are all potentially distributed geographically, we're all balancing work and life and studying and all that. Yeah, exactly. So I think that that's, it's been super rewarding. And when I think about the involvement with youth uh, specifically is watching them grow from the moment they enter the program to the moment they leave. So from 12 to 18, it's, it's six years, but watching them grow during that time frame is amazing. You'll have people that come in and they're, they're very quiet and they're very reserved. And by the time they leave at 18 years old, they're super confident. We've taught yeah. them a ton of life skills and they're walking yeah. out the door prepared for the next challenge that comes at them. That's awesome. Um, the fact that you're an AU student and the, the uniqueness that comes with that, uh, we wanted to throw some uh, some questions out to you and, uh, and sort of get your perspective and, and have a bit of an interview with you. And so I guess, how long have you been studying at AU? And we'll just start there. And, uh, and what program are you currently enrolled in? So I started at AU in 2012. So I started in the Bachelor of Science uh, Computing and Information Systems. It was a natural extension of my, my previous college studies, right? So got a bunch yeah, of transfer yeah. credits and kind of ended up halfway through. Um, decided that it wasn't really for me after um, about a year in the program. So I moved over to a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science. Uh, did that for a bit. Decided, Meh, maybe that's not what I want to do. Hopped over to the Bachelor of Commerce for a bit, <laughs> which is where I, I was most recently. Yeah. And then I've moved back now to the, the Bachelor of Science, or sorry, Bachelor of Arts in Political Science uh, with a minor in psych. So You're going to leave AU with like four degrees now, aren't you, for sure? Well, I'll have a little bit of everything, that's for sure. Yeah. So I guess that's one of the advantages is going through that path and being having the flexibility to do that without having to go through an onerous process to move from one to the other and being able to take yeah, yeah. those courses along with me. Yeah, I agree. Again, why did you choose AU? And uh, I guess the other question I would throw out there is what features of being at AU, uh, and, and again, I'm not going to list them, but what features have you benefited from and, and sort of what has made your experience uh, special in that way? Yeah, for sure. So um, I think the big one for me has been flexibility. And what I mean by that is um, I've studied uh, on a plane uh, going across the country. I've studied on yeah. the side of a firing range with the forces, right? Um, I've studied on the side of a lake when, I, when I'm camping. So being able to do that from anywhere is huge. As long as you have an internet connection, you're good to go. I mean, and if you don't, if you've downloaded some of the course material beforehand, you're set, right? Yeah, so exactly. being able to do that from kind of anywhere in the world um, has been fantastic. Having, uh, my girlfriend has two uh, young boys, so one's five, one's 10, and we have a dog and we have live a fairly active life. So being able to not have to take myself out of that environment and go to a classroom physically has been fantastic because I just wait till the boys go to bed and then I take an hour or two out of my day and I go do that or I'll study at lunch at work. So having the flexibility to kind of connect to the course anytime, any place and work at my own pace. Like sometimes I'll go through a course in the span of a month. Other times I need the full six months and sometimes you need an extension on top of that. So having that, that flexibility to yeah, yeah. allow it to fit your life, I think has been huge for me. Yeah. And I think the word flexibility at AU gets used a lot, but what I've always found interesting is that it's used in different ways. So whether it's due to family who, to whom you just mentioned, and I know you've got a family of your own, 
Um, uh, maybe do a shout out to the to the boys too, because I know that they'd probably like that. Yeah. So quick shout out to uh, the two boys, uh, Matthew and Nathan, who are going to be listening to this once it goes live. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, so, anyways, like how people use the word flexibility is different. Maybe it's flexibility with the current job. Maybe it's flexibility due to family uh, reasons. Maybe it's flexibility due to academic reasons. Maybe it's flexibility due to um, accessibility or disability reasons. I mean, those are just a few, but um, so I I think it's interesting that your definition of flexibility with AU is unique. One of the things that uh, we wanted to touch on today as well is the fact that you've uh, engaged with your student union and you've been on council for the last couple of years. Maybe just talk a little bit about uh, your experience being on council and, and how that has either sort of enriched your experience, uh, maybe it's enhanced your uh, overall academic experience and sort of how all that is tied together. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I guess I start, first started getting involved with council um, right as AU was exiting a period of substantial uncertainty, right? There was a lot of questions around the sustainability of the university, whether it was going to get folded with another one. Yeah, yeah. There was the McKinnon report that came out on how AU was supposed to go forward. And and that's actually only a couple of years ago too. Like, like three years ago, there was a lot of uncertainty. So yeah, we're not talking like 10 years ago. <laughs> We're talking like three, four years ago. Yeah, for sure. And I think part of what getting involved did, and I'm when I say getting, getting involved, I think back to attending uh, council meetings as a student, which we can all do, right? And listening in on some of the discussions that were happening and then running for council, being elected and getting involved in it is it gives you a better perspective on what's going on at the university. It helps you understand yeah, yeah. some of the background behind some of the decisions that the university takes but also allows us to be a voice at the table. And I think that's one of the big draws and reasons why I got involved in council was being able to help be that voice and advocate on behalf of students and try to do the best we can to represent the interests of a very geographically diverse uh, student body. It's been a fantastic two years uh, in that regard. I mean, when I think back at all the stuff that we've done, uh, whether that's the member engagement stuff that we've done with the student socials. I mean, we did one here in Edmonton and we some of us hosted them uh, across Canada. Um, getting involved uh, from that sense or the advocacy we've done on mental health or the discussions that we had on the tuition increase that AU ended up going forward with or the discussions that we, the very frank discussions that we've had um, at the council retreats with AU where we brought the very tangible student concerns forward around timelines and around student aid and and all that. So I think those have been huge uh, positive experiences for me. What it's done on the flip side of that, and uh, I think it's a very good positive, is it's built that network, right? We've become very close as a council, the 13 of us that have worked together for the last two years. And I think those friendships will carry forward as we go forward. And it's been fantastic to draw from such diverse experience and being able to ask questions and have uh, very interesting discussions on the sidelines about stuff that perhaps we're all studying or stuff that we're curious about that somebody else knows more about has been uh, has been huge. It's actually... Um, it, it's odd in a way that here we are, we, we're a distance online university, yet one of the things that you're talking about is building community and, and sort of uh, expanding on the, on the group of students that you've been able to get to know. And obviously those counselors or fellow counselors have been a big part of that, that circle. How have you found ways to uh, create that community or, or to feel more connected? Because I think that's one thing that we hear all the time is how AU students feel isolated or they feel like if, if I'm in my community, I'm, I must be the only one here when in actuality there's probably hundreds of AU students in communities across the, the country. So is, has this been like outside of sort of joining up with council, what are some ways that you've been able to sort of get connected and 
sort of gain that sense of community within AU? So some of the stuff that I can think of that I've done um, is, for example, there's an AU Facebook group that is fairly active. So just being in the group and participating in some of the discussions, sometimes you're going to find someone who's in the same program as you or has taken the same course and has questions that you might be able to answer. Um, There's also occasionally people that will post, and I think it's a great idea, um, hey, I'm in this city, anyone else taking this program that wants to form a study group? Yeah, so it, it's a, you know, if that's a study group on Skype or if it's a, a face-to-face, I think that's a fantastic way to engage. One of the things I've enjoyed from the council perspective, and if I was a student uh, looking to be involved and or just being aware of what's going on, is join in on the regular council meetings. I mean, we've got Zoom now, which um, gives us a face to the voices behind the screen. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that's a great way to connect and then putting in that effort. And I think we've all done that um, over the last two years where we're kind of attuned to what's going on with each other and nobody's afraid to reach out, right? We'll send a text message to someone if we know they're going through uh, a rough time or if you think someone might need a little bit of support. If you haven't heard from them in a while, you just reach out and it's, hey, how you doing? And sometimes just that little piece is enough to help build that sense of community. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the other thing too is, I mean, you you just mentioned even attending a council meeting. uh, They're all public. You know, so anybody can come and you can get involved. You can hear the conversations that are happening, sort of getting to know the university a little bit from behind the scenes and and what the students are talking about and what's important to them. And yeah, absolutely. I I think that's a big part of that sense of community. And uh, sometimes it is just as small as a text here and there. So, um, you know, we focus a lot on mental health and and that that community, I think, is a big part of of creating that sense of, okay, I'm not alone or I'm not isolated here. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that that part of your experience. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a rapid fire and uh, I'm just going to throw some random questions out to you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, some of them are going to be AU related and maybe some of them won't be, but uh, we'll just give it a go. Sounds good. You ready? Yep. Uh, what course are you currently taking or what was the last course that you took for, uh, through AU? So I am currently taking uh, political philosophy, so poly 355, um, focusing on political philosophy from Plato to Machiavelli. How are you liking that? It's interesting. It's hard to wrap your head around it sometimes. Yeah, no doubt. Um, <laughs> but it's fantastic in terms of trying to stretch uh, how you think about things and really focusing on the critical thinking piece of it. Yeah, no doubt. Where's the, the favorite place you have traveled? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I am partial to the Rockies, full disclosure. Um, yeah, I spent a too. fair bit of time in Banff and Jasper and that sort of stuff. Um, but I think one of my favorite places to travel was Hawaii. So I spent three weeks there in uh, 20, two, sorry, 2007 uh, with work. So we were working on a project for the Canadian Space Agency, uh, three weeks on the top of a volcano, which was fantastic. Oh, wow. That would have been unreal. So I would love to get a chance to go back and spend a little bit more touristy time and a little, mes- little less working time uh, in Hawaii. Uh, and do you know what's, it's kind of funny, like now that I'm hearing that you've been out working in quotations and air quotes in Hawaii, I mean, that, that must've been a, an incredible experience. Uh, what, how long were you there and sort of what, what was the outcome? So we were there three weeks. Um, so what happened is the company I worked for, uh, back then they're called NORCAT, the Northern Center for Advanced Technology. They're based out of Sudbury, Ontario. Um, they decided, or they built on contract for CSA, Canadian Space Agency, a drill that you could send into space. And the idea there is that we would extract minerals because mining is huge in Northern Ontario and be able to determine whether there's life or oxygen or water in the soil that's there. So with that, you had Carnegie Mellon University building uh, a rover. You had Canadian companies building LIDAR to do laser vision detection if you sent it into space. So we spent three weeks uh, doing real field testing on top of uh, Mauna Kea, to see how it performs in a simulated lunar environment. 
Jeez, this might be a whole other podcast all by itself. Potent- potentially. Um, interesting hobby. Ooh, interesting hobby. Uh, photography. So it kind of fits with the public affairs thing. Um, but I am a bit of an amateur photographer, and I have been experimenting more and more with different ways of capturing uh, specifically night scenery, which is challenging to shoot because... Those look really cool when they're done. They do, but a little bit of light can throw you right off. So if you're not set 100% or if the camera moves at all while you're trying to capture the shot, it's very challenging. Cool. Um, Anything that you're currently uh, binge watching on TV or Netflix or anything? Uh, So binge watching, I think I'm out of shows lately. No, I'm not. Sorry. Um, That is a thing, by the way, because I know that we've had conversations in the office here where we're like, you know what? I'm out of something. I need like who's watching something that I could steal and and maybe get into that I haven't heard. So yeah, it's kind of funny how we can actually run out of things. Yeah. So I thought I was binge watch. out, but I'm not. So one of the shows that I've been watching a lot of lately, um, it's actually on my Apple TV. So it's paid. It's not included in an existing subscription, but it's uh, it's called Bull. So it's a haven't heard of that one. It's got Michael Weatherly is uh, is the lead actor in it, and it is a show about trial science and psychology of juries. So it's oh, quite maybe interesting. I have heard of this. Yeah, that is interesting. And it's actually, in, you had to say the uh, the jury piece of it for me to remember this. I haven't watched it, but I might have to give it a go. I recommend it. It's, it's quite good. But it's, it's good, eh? nice because you can watch, there's not a lot of interplay between the different episodes. Like They'll do it occasionally, but you can sit down and watch an episode and then pick it up in a couple of weeks and watch it yeah, again. Yeah. But I think the first season I watched almost back to back. Are they looking through. at like human behavior and sort of, sort of picking out the the intricacies of each personality of all the jurors? Is that the piece of it? That's part of it. So they, they talk a lot about uh, trial selection. So you're going into the jury, well, which what kind of people am I looking for to make the argument for the prosecution or for the defense? Right. And right. they talk about some of the rationale behind it. So it's interesting to see how people think uh, when they go into that. And I, I mean, I don't know if it's based on fact. I think it is. It's got a couple of psychologists that are consulting for the show, but yeah, it's yeah. an interesting dramatization of that for sure. Okay, so on the same topic, slightly different twist. If you could go back in time and binge watch a show that you've already watched, but you're just like blown away with how awesome it was, what show would you binge watch again? Ooh, Game of Thrones. Definitely Game of Thrones. That's kind of on my list too. We've asked this question before and it's odd. Like usually I just automatically think that it's going to be one of the big ones. And then, you know, somebody will throw out. So of course I can't think of one right at this exact moment. But it's like more of a sort of like a B-list okay, you know, series or something like that. I'm like, really? Here, I'm always thinking that Game of Thrones or uh, House of Cards, which was another one, of, yeah, was another good. favorite of mine. Um, also, uh, Sherlock Holmes, the one with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Holy smokes. So Fantastic good. Fantastic show. I love it. So what's next for you? Uh, next course, what, you know, you're kind of on the road right now. What's, uh, what's next up just as we uh, wrap up? Uh, so next up uh, in the personal space, uh, I mean, we're off to Calgary tonight uh, with work. Uh, then we're off to Vancouver for a bit. Then we're back in, back in Ottawa. Um, the big thing for me is in June, um, my significant other and her two boys moved from Montreal back to Ottawa. So we left them in Montreal. I was in Montreal previously. Um, to, so the boys could finish the school year, but nice. the whole family's back together in June. So I think that's my next uh, big one for sure. Good stuff. Well, it's great to have you with us. And uh, we don't get very many counselors that happen to float through Edmonton where we can actually, you know, pull you into the office and uh, record a podcast. So it's great to have you. And um, I'm sure that there's a lot of AU students that have uh, uh, related to your story, uh, whether it's as an AU student or as a military reservist. Captain Josh Ryan. Thanks, everybody.
Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>